Welcome back to another episode of the Pit Crew Podcast. Uh, it's been a while. It's going to be a bit of a different episode today. I'm going to try and keep it kind of short, mainly because I know everyone is uh, in, in the holiday season, holiday rush of things going on, and this is going to release right in the middle of a lot of that mess. Uh, but it's been a while since I did an episode. Uh, obviously, I don't have anyone on this one, like I said. Uh, and I just sort of wanted to update people uh, talk about a few things that have been going on, uh, both in person at the shop and life and things like that, um, and, and try and get back into the swing of things as the new year starts. Uh, maybe do more individual episodes if you guys seem to like it. I know in a way it kind of emulates the live streams, just without the visual aspect, um, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, so mainly I wanted to start out with a bit of the background. Uh, obviously it's been a few months since anything's come out. Um, there has been falling outs of sorts, life happening, um, I've started revisiting some old hobbies, uh, for the sake of health, so that has taken some of my time, um, honestly speaking, I was spending a lot of time at the shop, uh, before I got my current job, um, I used to do all of the Miata stuff full-time, but now I have the luxury of it going back to being, a, a very fun hobby, um, and it was just taking a toll on my health physically. Uh, luckily, no n no hospital visits or anything like that, but I could really see that if anything like that was to be maintained, that uh, it was not going to go very well in the long run. Uh, and so because of that, uh, I've, I've taken up my old cycling hobby from high school and had a bit of fun there. And honestly, it's, it's helped me clear a bit of my mind and come back to a lot of uh, shop things and, and Miata things with, I don't want to say a different perspective, but at least a refreshed view. Um, when you're constantly surrounded by the same thing over and over, uh, day in and day out, whether it be work, whether it be hobby, uh, whether both your hobby and work happen to be the same thing, uh, eventually you tend to get numb to certain things. And I don't mean numb in, in a depressive way, I mean it honestly more so in a jaded way. Um, when when you grow accustomed to seeing something over and over, uh, or hearing something over and over, you you just start to tune it out. Uh, and so for me, what ended up happening is uh, the rare parts that I enjoyed looking for became mundane. The conversations with a lot of people uh, became very repetitive, and so in a way, I didn't really want to talk all that much. And I'm sorry if that reflected to anyone that's been speaking with me the last few months. I've, I've genuinely tried to maintain what I've done before and be helpful when I can. Um, and in part, it starts to build up a lot of anger. I know generally speaking, I'm a pretty hot-headed, short-fused kind of person. Uh, people see that a lot in, in my live streams and just generally how blunt of a person I'm, I, I tend to be. Um, I, uh, I, I don't really hold it in in that regard when I think something is, is stupid <laughs> or or, uh, or or I don't let shit slide easy. Uh, that That's that's the gist of, of that realm. And obviously everyone has, has seen as, as that's gone on with uh, all the TikTok stuff I complain about, but also at the same time me advocating uh, people being different with their things. And again... Uh, a lot of the times when I'm speaking on a lot of those topics, whether it be social media as a whole, TikTok, uh, car community, I never intend it to be an attack 
on one person or one group of people. Um, I do, in in a way, believe in if the shoe fits, wear it. Um, so if you take offense to it, it might be a bit of a moment for you to, to internally reflect on, hey, is this actually something positive? Am I doing this because I enjoy it? Or is it something I'm doing just to fit in? Um, and, and there's a level of maturity that, that goes on with that. Um, I know I'm going off a little bit compared to what I was trying to say before of things going on with me. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've come back to my shop life with a bit of fresh eyes, uh, and, and, the work that I've been doing at work has allowed me to be motivated to do some of the stuff at the shop. Um, I have the luxury of having a, a pretty cool job where I get to test uh, materials for a living. So uh, learning properties of various metals, plastics, etc., cetera, and, and doing really cool experiments and getting paid to do it. Um, but at the end of the day, I still have a lot of love for all things four wheel and two wheel. So when I get to design at work and all of a sudden I get to come home and design around things that I like even more than, than science, uh, it, it, it's really fulfilling because I end up living a whole day and, in, in, in bliss <laughs> and harmony. Um, because obviously at work you get paid to do what you do. And I, I love what I get to do at work, but it's also another thing when you're looking at your car, you're looking at a customer car, you're just looking at something that you're making and you're at peace because of it, because this is something that you've created. Uh, and I think me getting that opportunity over the last few months to let that creative side out again, uh, not be focused on seeing the same thing over and over day to day, the same auctions, the same listings for parts, etc., hearing the same conversations, uh, getting to come back to it after taking a bit of a break and, and using exercise and other things to to kind of clear my head and, and reset has really helped a lot. Uh, I do want to take a moment to say that there are certain things that won't go back to the way they were. Um, some people we've had around the shop will obviously not be around anymore. Um, generally speaking, the schedule that I maintain here working, uh, it, it is at the end of the day now a hobby again. Um, when we were recording prior episodes, I already had the position that I currently do. Um, but now it's really settled in on this is what I'm doing. This is <laughs> what I'm going to take uh, pretty much my whole career doing as a professional. Um, so it's it's not only coming to terms with the limits that I need to set for myself um, as as Burstcraft, but also in the sense of making sure I have a healthy balance between my career, um, my hobby, which is sort of passion project career to, to keep that fire inside going, uh, as well as just general health and time to do other things and, and make sure I have a social life. I'm, I'm lucky that a lot of um, the fitness side of my social life now is still with a lot of my car friends uh, and we have a pretty solid routine going where we get to do um, some biking, some weightlifting and all those sort of things. Um, but yeah, uh, it, <laughs> 
I would really like to av- advocate in, in the short sense of uh, make sure you stay in check and you don't go down a very dark road uh, because it's a lot harder to come back up from the bottom than it is to try and turn around when you're just starting to make the descent. Um, I think really that's that's about it in that realm of things. Um, I would like to go on to talking about what's been going around at the shop uh, because I know that interests a lot of people in terms of projects and and uh, my general shit talking. Um, and honestly, I know this is going to go through very quick because not much has happened. Uh, I've had a lot of customer work, uh, knock on wood. I, I've had some great people come in thanks to uh, communities like Bear and Miata Association that have recommended uh, some more mature individuals. Uh, and they really seem to, to click in with us. And so um, I think just some cool things that have come in recently. Uh, we have a couple engine builds going on right now. Uh, we're going to be starting on a 1.6 turbo build uh, for a customer of ours that should be completed sometime in early 2022. Um, we're just doing the engine for his setup. He's going to be running a, a Gretty turbo setup, uh, a carb legal kit, but he wanted to have a nice healthy engine to go with it. So that's going to be going together. Uh, we recently had a really nice uh, BRG NB2 come in with a flying Miata turbo kit that needed a bit of help. Um, he was a very capable individual, just a a little second guessing of his own work and by all means it, it happens to the best of us. Uh, I do appreciate that he, he actually took the plunge and did a lot of the install himself because of the fact that he actually talked to us prior uh, and wanted us to do it. But, um, he took the time to go in and do it himself. And there was very little correcting that we had to do outside of a few things that, uh, I would consider more around the expertise realm, uh, than just looking at flying Miata's install guide and albeit. Um, that install guide is, is pretty good. There are a couple things here and there that I can understand uh, a normal individual maybe glancing over and not understanding what to do. Um, and then we've slowly been working on a lot of um, our race car side of things. I know that sounds really arbitrary and bland, but uh, I've been neck deep in RSX development uh Obviously, you guys see a lot of the Miata things that I do, um, but I was into Hondas before all my Miata things, and my RSX is very much my passion project. Um, One of them was my first car, and the one that I'm building currently is one of my good friend's former first cars. Uh, That car now has a full NASA spec cage and RPF1s, and we're working on a big brake setup, full geometry correction for the suspension, so I'm, I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm very involved in that and it's taking a lot of time and energy that doesn't really have much to show for in regards to posts on social media. Um with respect to that too, there's also little side projects that I've taken on when it comes to design. So you've been seeing those little um those little gauge cluster hearts and honestly speaking, uh they were a I don't want to call them a joke because anything I design, I don't necessarily want to call a joke, but they were designed because of a joke. Um, so if anyone recalls, we had Ingram, uh, JDM Car Otaku on at one point uh, with, it was him, uh, myself and Dan. Uh, and so Ingram and I were talking on Instagram as we usually do. And 
in at the moment he's very much obsessed with AC Courage or I'm not I hope that's pronounced correctly. Um, but for now we'll just call it that. So he's he's obsessed with AC stuff at the moment. And uh, I did a quick sketch for like a digital sketch for him to have gauge faces made uh, with an AC scheme uh, as the gauge face. And just as a passing joke, I was like, oh, what if we put hearts on the gauge caps? Because everyone always puts shiny, like, billet caps. And in that moment, I knew this is something that I kind of had to sell. Not as a joke, per se, but it was too good of an idea to pass up, considering some of the stuff that I've seen sold before. Uh, and so it actually took a couple of iterations, because the way the heart is shaped versus the needle shape... Um, the right lobe of the heart actually acts as a really bad counterweight. So we had to make some design changes after a few iterations to make sure uh, everything would function. And so hopefully those are releasing soon. I'm trying to get uh, a couple prototypes out in the wild to get some, some testing. So once we have word back from there, I'll, I'll start printing batches. And then um, these first iterations are going to be 3D printed. Uh, if there's enough popularity for them, uh, ideally what I would like to have happen is a lot of the profits from that um, go to fund our RSX development because I do like contributing to a more technical side of a car community just because I feel that it's a lot easier to make uh, a random aesthetic parts than it is to actually engineer something with proper function. Um, so if, if something that takes very little effort on my end, like those needle caps, uh, can, can help generate revenue for us to then go on to make something that shows more along the lines of what we're actually capable of. Um, I, I think it's a great way to double dip. People get a really cheap product in terms of the actual price point. Um, and it's something small and, and nice that they can enjoy. And at the same time, it helps us, uh, keep a bit of working money around to, to actually do some hardcore engineering. Um, like I said, the, the RSX is the primary focus. I do have some Miata stuff in development, uh, which you'll probably see in the coming weeks and months. Um, I don't want to spoil too much just because they're small bits and pieces and I'd like to release them once I have prototypes done. And, and I, I don't want to say break the internet because the stuff that's getting released won't break the internet but it's nice when people see some of the things as a surprise and uh, i think i think it'll make them happy uh, once once they see what's released um it's it's nothing really groundbreaking it's it's small aesthetic parts that i think people will like um and i think generally speaking that's that's about it like i like i said there's not much going on that is really social media worthy. Um, I do try and keep up to date with posting a lot of the little uh, photos that everyone tends to share around on Instagram on their stories. Um, as I feel things, I guess, I guess is the most expressive way to put it. As I feel things, I like to, to post them on my story. Um, so if I'm in a mood one day and, and I feel something is a very pressing issue in, in some corner of the community, I'll, I'll always voice it. Um, but over the last few months, I, I've generally feel like I've cooled down in that regard. I feel like I'm taking things less personally when it comes to um, how I feel one person kind of reflect on the entire car community. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to circle on that issue just because 
I'll, I'll get rambling on it. And at the end of the day, it's something that is also constantly in, in shift, like in, in, in a state of movement. Um, a couple months ago, we were talking about how obscene Miata prices are and how high of a demand item they are. And by all means, they still are. But uh, I think we're finally over the peak and we're finally starting to see them trickle back down a little bit. Obviously, I don't believe they'll ever return to what they were before. Um, but it's nice to see some people now that wintertime is coming around and it's getting colder and old 30-year-old cars are getting leaky and not liking the temperatures that um, a lot of the more true Miata enthusiasts are sticking around and um, the people that were buying them because they were cute and because they saw them on TikTok or are, are finally starting to get weeded out. Um, I don't believe that the car trend on TikTok is dying out, unfortunately, um, but I do feel that it is slowly shifting to other things. Uh, it, it has probably made its course. I don't think it's going to, to climb any further. Um, and honestly, in a way, I'm curious to see what, what happens next. Uh, there, there's a part of me that always likes to see what trends progress out of a current generation. The the 16 or 18-year-olds that are around right now buying Miatas because they saw it on TikTok don't really recall the Tumblr days of, of 2010 where everyone was buying Hypebeast clothing and buying fixed gears. But there are some of us that are still very young that also still remember those days. Um, so there... <laughs> There's a there's an interesting thing that happens and it's I, I get to see the contrast of it because I do recall those times where um, a lot of the fixed gear stuff was going on and now because of me taking my cycling hobby back up um, I get to see all of that but the calm side again where it's actual people that um, that enjoy it there's very little hype in there right now. Um, and so you get to see people that are truly passionate about what what they like to do, uh, what albeit it's for health too. There's there's a collector aspect to cycling as well as a health aspect, um, but it's a really cool balance. And in a way, because it's a lower margin of entry or lower like cost, what is it? Uh, a lower cost of entry to get into cycling. Uh, it, it actually seems way more global and, and community-driven. I've had interactions, whether it be purchases or conversations, with people from all around the world uh, just because we happen to like the same bike or, or because we think something is cool. I have parts that have come from Indonesia, from Europe, uh, something as simple as it, me picking up something up the street, but it's all these different walks of life of people. Um, and it's a really cool contrast that I get to see coming from the car side of things where it is a bit more expensive to own a car, to maintain a car. Um, and in a way, it also limits what people you get to interact with. Uh, a person that's a bike messenger in San Francisco isn't necessarily going to be a car person with a Miata or even a car person really in general. They're, they're an entirely different walk of life. Um, there are some some nuances that are very similar, though. Uh, it is cool to see people geek out at swap meets, um, albeit for different parts, car parts versus bike parts. Uh, but in a way, they, they all sort of walk and, and 
mesh together the same. Uh, there's always people trying to find bargains. There's always people trying to make the most amount of money that they can. Uh, so there's little nuances that, that blend together, but uh, getting to enjoy the different walks of life that come from an equally enjoyable hobby or uh, something that I've been really diving into lately. And, and I've noticed that ever since I started with it, uh, and, and that I've started falling out in a way with some of the bad habits of car things, that uh, I've started to use monetary purchases as a way for social interaction. And I don't mean that in a way of me buying something to be able to talk to someone. I'm not an antisocial in that regard. But I mean it in more so of a sense that uh, eventually when you reach a point in a community, especially at a local sense, you start to recognize a lot of the people around you. Um, you know a lot of information, whether it be about the topic or about the individual. Uh, and in a way, it goes back to the whole sense of being jaded or, or numb to something. And so for me lately, I've used purchasing things as a means to get me outside of my comfort zone. Outside of my comfort zone in a sense that I'm now putting myself in situations of talking to different people that I never would have before. Um, so recently I picked up a couple of brand new inbox uh, Ducati motorcycle frames uh, and it was completely purchased on a whim. I knew that it wasn't a waste of money, but it was something that, hey, I've never met anyone in this walk of life before. We, we have a Ducati, we've gone to a bunch of events and things like that, but this is someone that is tucked away in their little warehouse 50 miles away. They have all these parts on their shelves. They, you've never talked to this person a day in your life, but you can walk in that door and all of a sudden you have a common ground with that person. Albeit, you are exchanging money with them, but that is your, your, bar, your cost of entry is, hey, we're making a transaction, but let me learn a little bit about you. And so that that actually went reasonably well, conversation, things like that. And it's just intriguing to see where people have come from. And in, in his case, he'd been running this business for, for 15 odd years, selling a bunch of new old stock Ducati parts. Prior to that, he was working selling motorcycle parts at a dealership level. From this, it actually stemmed a whole nother purchase. So we get these frames, we have our conversation, uh, we leave for the weekend. A great little bonding experience between me and my dad, because anytime we do motorcycle stuff, it's it's always great. It it reminds me of, of my my early teenage years when uh, really how I got started wrenching uh, was, was building motorcycles. And so I have these frames and I'm, I go, okay, I'm going to build one of them. I'm going to build myself a, a, a Ducati. And... I start looking at engines, what I can put in it, um, and send out an email to a gentleman up in the North Bay here in the Bay Area. Uh, tell him, hey, I'm interested in this motor that you have. When are you available? I'd like to come see it. He goes, okay, uh, this day, this time, yada, yada, yada. Uh, set it all up. And we show up, and it is... I swear, it is smaller than my workshop, and we have a little two-bay shop with a little office and that's already crammed full of shit here um but this guy has a car lift and one room he has an upstairs area but i can tell even that is crowded and we walk in and there's probably 20 bikes 30 bikes 
and every single wall has a shelf against it stacked to the ceiling with parts and all he has is one little workbench where he puts together race engines and by some miracle we managed to stumble across um, a man by the name of Ed and Ed <laughs> has been working building race engines for Ducatis for 30 years and I went in to buy an engine from him and I walked out buying a motorcycle uh, a whole complete Ducati uh, but the point of the story isn't the purchase the point of the story is we spent three hours talking to Ed. Ed was probably the largest wealth of knowledge that I've had to absorb in the span of two to three hours uh, that I've had to do in a very long time. Uh, respectfully speaking, Ed put me in my place when it comes to a lot of knowledge. Uh, I, I feel that I'm very knowledgeable when it comes to Miata things, um, but he was doing the equivalent with Ducati things. Uh, and I would love to be in his shoes come my turn to be 50 years old or 55 whatever he was at this point and uh, and so it was a it was a very humbling experience and it was driving home from picking up this bike that that made me realize that I had been I had been paying forward to have experiences with people that if it weren't for me being willing to make that purchase that I wouldn't have had that interaction and got to learn so much I walked out of there hearing things from him that I had never thought of before with simple engine building things and, and suspension setup and things like that. Things in my world that I, I know some people may not necessarily appreciate uh, or, or, or maybe not necessarily have the know-how to appreciate. Uh, but again, it, it made me value that connection that even though a majority of what we were there for was monetary exchange, that you are getting to enter people's lives and have this give and take of personal impact just because you have a common ground. And, and I find it really cool that, that this managed to happen um, in such a short span of time. And, and honestly speaking, I'm looking forward every time I make a purchase now from, from somewhere on Craigslist or Facebook uh, to see the next weird individual that, that walks out of somewhere with some weird thing. Um, and in a way, it's sort of what I hope to offer when it comes to my own parts. Um, I, I think I can speak for a lot of people when I say that at the end of the day, everyone wants to leave a mark somewhere. Um, some people want to do it with their art. Some people want to do it with their parts, with their car, with something. We, we all want to have some sort of mark left on this earth. And uh, a lot of people think that has to be physical, um, but I have a lot of... of personal belief that sometimes uh, a memory of someone, uh, whether it be an interaction or a whole lifetime, uh, can be just as good of a mark as a physical object. Uh, and so as, as you interact with people, in a way you're letting them live on. It could be someone that's that's in their 20s, it doesn't matter. They'll, they'll live on in you and that, that little moment of them gets to live on with you. Um, and when you get to double dip and not only have memories of you, live on in people but also physical things again in in art in product um i think it's i think it's a great way for people to get to be expressive and and get to fulfill in a way that human desire so that that <laughs> I'm, I'm coming up on on half an hour and i think that's a good point to sort of wrap up on uh in in summarize really what I've been feeling and going through over the last couple months. Um, again, if you really feel 
that that desire to uh, to do to do something to leave your mark that that that's a really good way to go about it. It doesn't have to be a large monetary exchange. Uh, I know some people that do will do it with something as simple as a cup of coffee and talking to someone. Um, others, their their hobby is not cars or bikes. Their their hobby is hiking or rowing or, or or firearms or something. But when you get to interact with a whole wealth of people, uh, it, it it makes you a more rounded individual, and it makes you experience things and learn things that you might not necessarily learn from a book or from public education. Um, so yeah. Uh, I really appreciate everyone that has listened to this point. Um, uh, I thank you for your attention. And hopefully we'll get a new episode out soon after this. Uh, as usual, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, things you want me to cover, uh, I'm more than happy to go over them, whether it be in podcast format, uh, video format, or Instagram Live. Um, as usual, you can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify at the Pit Crew Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at... R-L-R-S-K-8-T Roller Skate uh, And you can also find all of our shop stuff At Burst underscore craft B-U-R-S-T underscore C-R-A-F-T uh, Again, hope you guys enjoyed And we'll catch you in the next one Have a good one and happy holidays